Welcome to the Faith is a Verb podcast, formerly known as the Back to Basics Bible Corner. Tracy, Amy, and Amanda here, and digging into scripture together is our favorite thing to do, because simply reading the Bible isn't enough for us. We want to actually study His Word. We have created this podcast as a means to study together with all of you, so we would be over the moon excited to have conversation with you in the comments here. Without further ado, let's go chew on some scripture together. Good morning, guys, and welcome back to the Faith is a Verb podcast. That sounds so weird saying our new our new title instead of Back to Basics. Anyway, um, we're hoping that you are enjoying this season two so far and um, keeping up with all of our changes that we've had going on. We have added Amanda. If you missed our last episode, we've added our friend Amanda here to the lineup. So we now have myself, Amy, and Amanda that are going to be studying together every week with you guys. Um, we've gotten a little bit of a facelift. We have some new brand art, and we are working on some other things together that we're going to be putting out for you guys. So um, if you are enjoying this podcast with us as much as we are, um, let us know. Let us know that you're enjoying it. Let us know what kind of things you want to see coming from us, what kind of topics you want us to be covering, and all of that stuff. Um, now that all that silly housekeeping stuff is out of the way, we're going to um, open up with a word of prayer, and we're going to get started right away this morning in Joshua chapter 24. We're going to be doing verses 14 through 15. Um, but you know, you know how, you know how we roll. I'm going to read the context. I'm probably going to read the entire chapter of Joshua 24 and all of that, because you can't just, you can't just study one, one verse. You, you got to read a little bit of what's before and a little bit of what's after so that you can get the, the full context of what's happening. Right. Um, so we're going to go ahead and open up with a word of prayer so that we know that this is spirit led and, and being carried by the father. Abba, I ask that you protect this time that we are doing together in study today. Let my words be your words. Let each one of us be led by your Holy Spirit. Let the people who are listening have ears to hear and eyes to see. Protect every one of us today as we are moving through this study together. And then as we carry on with the rest of our day afterwards, place your hedge of protection around us, Father. Guide us, lead us. We want to be on your narrow path. We want to follow the way that you want us to walk, Father. We want to die to our flesh. We want to turn away from our wicked fleshly ways that we have always followed. And we want to follow you instead. I ask that you let us absorb your word today and then help us to have some discernment and some wisdom on how we can apply it to our life moving forward. I thank you, Father, for your word. I thank you for my sisters joining me each week in study. I thank you for the opportunity to have this podcast. I thank you for waking up this morning in the breath in my lungs. In Yeshua's mighty name, I pray. Amen. Amen. So there's a there's a reason why I never do the prayers because I feel like I just always sound so silly. So if you if you are somebody who struggles to pray out loud and you're like, what? I don't I don't think that you sounded silly at all. Please know that the entire time that I was praying, I was like, man, I sound really silly, right? So if you think you sound silly, you probably don't sound as silly as you think you do. No, but, your prayers are beautiful. Right. They're very a, eloquent. <laughs> that's a very weird way to tell you that you, sh you should pray out loud more. Um, I do know, just as a little side note here, uh, while I struggle to pray out loud on, on Zoom Bible studies or on this podcast and things like that, I do not struggle to pray out loud in front of my kids. And I have seen that make changes in their life, right? Like I, I have seen 
my willingness to like pray out loud, like the father has, has pushed me to do right. Like the Holy spirit has convicted me to do that. Um, I have physically seen my children react differently because of that. They don't like, like they, they know what's happening, right? Like they, they're not caught off guard. They're like, Ooh, we're praying by your head. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's, I, I can't really explain it. It's a beautiful thing anyway. Okay. So like I said, we're doing Joshua chapter 24, but before we get into that, the Bible that I have here, which also side note was a gift from Amanda. It's an amazing Bible. Um, it is the one step closer Bible. It is an NLT, which is, you know, I normally read from the scriptures, but this one has at the beginning of each book, it has like this cool context breakdown. It has these little um blurbs i guess all throughout the chapter that that give you like a little bit of extra insight or advice or things like that into um different topics that the the chapter might be talking about and then in the back it has this really cool index where you can look up a specific topic and it will give you all of the scripture that that is relating to that topic right so and um, i think now if you go on dayspring um they're having them on sale Oh, perfect. Okay. So, you know, I'll put in the show notes, I'll put the link to, um, day spring or to this Bible in the, in the show notes. So if you're, if you're listening to this, not immediately, the cell's probably done and I'm very sorry, (laughs) but it is still a good resource to have. They do have lots of, um, lots of Bible options. They do have lots of study materials and things like that. So, But I just really liked this intro that they had here. So I'm going to go ahead and read that. Uh, Joshua is a book about winning and losing. In order to conquer and settle the promised land, the Israelites had to win a series of battles and ultimately a war. The Israelites prevailed, but warning flags were going up. After the exhilaration of battle, real life would settle in again. Idolatry and an immoral culture was still around. And so even in winning, the Israelites could lose. Let that sink in for a second. Even in winning, even in winning this battle, even in getting the promised land, even in doing the things that Yah had asked them to do and 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 seeing that victory, right? Because he was with them, they still had the ability to lose because they could still at any moment choose to follow the things that he had told them not to follow. And what is it that it lists immediately? Idolatry, right? We're going to get into it a little bit like idolatry immediately whenever we think about it we think of like worshiping another god so if i'm not sitting here worshiping another god i am not guilty of idolatry (laughs) let me tell you how wrong you are as well as myself right like we can have your children can be an idol if 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 it comes before yah if it comes before god it is an idol plain and simple end of discussion no other way that you can twist that spin that or try to make it look pretty right If, if if it comes before him it is an idol um okay sorry if you hear my dogs barking i normally record downstairs in my my prayer closet in the sanctity of like silence and solitude and all that but i have a whole bunch of kids sleeping downstairs it's five o'clock in the morning i cannot go downstairs right now (laughs) um anyway so so they could still lose they could gain the whole land of canaan but lose their own souls a military victory could bring it with bring with it the fruits of a moral defeat israel could conquer the canaanites militarily but be defeated by the canaanite culture the military losers could actually become the cultural victors. Does this sound familiar? Today, some of us who love the Lord enjoy um, relative wealth and prestige, but in our economic and social victories, we must beware that we are not defeated spiritually. We must be careful that we do not gain all that we desire at the cost of losing our souls. Military victory in Canaan was, in part, the direct fruit of Joshua's military leadership. 
He was a great soldier, an effective general, a worthy successor to Moses. But more importantly, Joshua was a spiritual leader, a man of God. He pleased and obeyed God. Thus, he led on both the military front, where raw power rules, and also on the spiritual front, where raw power is subservient to a simple trust in God. Joshua learned that you win by doing it God's way. The power of the military was a weapon in the hand of the Lord. Victory came not because of the weapon, but because of the Lord who held it. Victory came not because of the weapon, but of the Lord who held it. Right? Doesn't matter what we're doing in this in this life. We're not going to gain any sort of victory because of what we do. We're not going to gain any sort of victory because of the effort that we put in. We're going to gain a victory simply if he wills us to gain a victory. If he is with us. How do we know whenever he's with us? When we are following the ways that he has set before us. How do we know the ways that he has set before us? We read his word. Guys, it is as simple and as basic as that. It, it tells us 10 million times. When you do what he has asked you to do, he will be with you. He will bless you. He will protect you. He will keep you on his narrow path. Okay, cool. Got it. How do I know what he's asking me to do? You pick up your Bible. He, it, It's not a guessing game. He's not once just been like, you know what? Y'all try to figure it out. This will be fun to watch. This will be a cool puzzle for you to solve. It's It literally, it spells it out. Plain as day, black and white. It's right here. It is spelled out, right? If you believe that the Bible is the inspired word of Yahweh, which you should, we all should, right? If we're believers, that's, that's number one right there, right? If you believe that this is the inspired word of God, therefore open it, <laughs> open it, open it, read it. He will tell you what to do. Every single chapter in every single book is a delight. It is a, it is a wonderful instruction. It is a parable. It is a lesson for each of us to take and apply to our life. Do you feel that you are defeated? Are you longing for the sweet taste of victory? We are tempted to align ourselves with raw power, with money, prestige, position, and think that victory will come from these things. They are tempting weapons. We may think they will assure our victory, but the Lord God holds the true instruments of victory. Our trust and our obedience to him will lead us to victory. That is the essence of the entire book of Joshua. In this book, we learn how to develop the courage that is necessary to be completely obedient to Yah. So obviously all of that resonates very, very, very well with me. Um, and, and I hope I hope that it does the same with you. I, I hope that whenever you're hearing this, you're like, man, yeah, uh, I need to do better about that, right? Like, like I hope that that is a little bit of a conviction in you. It was in me. Whenever I was reading this, when we were preparing for this study, I was crying, sitting in my Bible closet, just crying because I, I'm just sitting here thinking of all the ways that I have failed him, right? Like every single day I might wake up with the best of intentions that I'm going to put, I'm going to put my best foot forward and I'm going to follow his, his will as, as best as I possibly can. Right. And then I, I can look back at the end of the day and I can see where I have kind of like, like I've been on his neural path and I've kind of veered off onto this, this side path, right? Like this little walking trail that's going into the middle of the forest where there's thorns and like scary stuff. Right. And then I get back on the path and then I veer off on this other one. That's like super rocky and I'm stumbling every five seconds. Right. Like when we are following his ways, when we are placing his will and in, in his ways before our own desires, before our own thoughts, feelings, whatever, he's going to be there to guide us and protect us. And it's going to be easier. All right. I'm going to go ahead and read the entire, um, of chapter 24. I'm going to, I'm going to read it kind of fast. And then we're going to dive in real quick on what I have. I don't have very much 
to say about the actual scripture that we read just because I feel like it was it was so self-explanatory and it it just leapt out at me really well like it's gonna be a short little bit um and then we'll let Amanda and Amy share what what they took away from the scripture as well uh the title of this one in my bible right like every bible every translation is going to have a different title you know mine says the lord's covenant renewed what was his covenant the promise that he had made to moses the promise he had made to abraham before him right like the promise that he had made to the forefathers of the of of his faith right that he was going to be with those people that he was going to provide for them that he was going to bless them that they were going to be the father of many nations, all this stuff, right? Like that, that was his covenant. That was his promise with them. And he was going to renew this yet again with Joshua. Then Joshua summoned all the tribes of Israel to Shechem, including their elders, leaders, judges, and officers. So they came and presented themselves to Yah. Joshua said to the people, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. Long ago, your ancestors, including Terah, the father of Abraham and Nahor, lived beyond the Euphrates River and they worshiped other gods. But I took your ancestor Abraham from the land beyond the Euphrates, and I led him into the land of Canaan. I gave him many descendants through his son Isaac. To Isaac, I gave Jacob and Esau. To Esau, I gave the mountains of Seir, while Jacob and his children went down into Egypt. Then I sent Moses and Aaron, and I brought terrible plagues on Egypt. And afterward, I brought you out as a free people. But when your ancestors arrived at the Red Sea, the Egyptians chased after you with chariots and charioteers. When your ancestors cried out to the Lord, I put darkness between you and the Egyptians. I brought the sea crashing down on the Egyptians, drowning them. With your very own eyes, you saw what I did. Then you lived in the wilderness for many years. Finally, I brought you into the land of the Amorites, to the east side, on the east side of the Jordan. They fought against you, but I destroyed them before you. I gave you victory over them, and you took possession of their land. Then Balak, son of Zippor, king of Moab, started a war against Israel. He summoned Balaam, son of Beor, to curse you. But I would not listen to him. Instead, I made Balaam bless you. And so I rescued you from Balak. When you crossed the Jordan River and came to Jericho, the men of Jericho fought against you, as did the Amorites, the Parasites, the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Girgashites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. But I gave you victory over them, and I sent terror ahead of you to drive out the two kings of the Amorites. It was not your words or bows that brought you victory. I gave you land you had not worked on, and I gave you towns that you did not build, the towns where you now live. I gave you vineyards and olive groves for food, though you did not plant them. So fear the Lord and serve him wholeheartedly. That part right there stood out to me, like literally leapt off the page. Serve him wholeheartedly. What does that mean? Like, like stop for a little bit today and think about that as you're moving through all of your daily tasks. What does it mean to serve him wholeheartedly? Like that's literally with every ounce of your being. That's not like kind of sort of a little bit in the morning whenever you're having a great day and everything is like not stressful and nobody is pulling on you and you're not being, you know, um, knee deep in kid problems or relationship issues or, you know, like being invited out with your friends and you're, you know, whatever, whatever it is that's going on in your life that you're still supposed to love him and serve him wholeheartedly with every ounce of your being. Um. Let's see. Put away forever the idols your ancestors worshipped when they lived beyond the Euphrates River and in Egypt. Serve the Lord alone. But if you refuse to serve the Lord, then choose today whom you will serve. If you're, if you're not going to serve him, choose what you're going to serve. Like, make a decision. Make a decision. Are you serving the world, who we know is, is being taken by the enemy, right? Or are you going to serve him? 
You can't have both. It is the most black and white thing that has ever existed. If you choose him, you are saying no to the world. And if you choose to follow the world, you're saying no to him. You cannot have both. There is zero room for being lukewarm. None whatsoever. Um, would you prefer the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates? Or will it be the gods of the Amorites in whose land you now live? But as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. Okay, quick note, real quick. Um, different translations are going to say different things, right? And it's always super, super, super important whenever we're doing study, when we're actually studying and not just reading, to look at other translations. Uh, I don't know if any of you guys have ever heard of the Septuagint. The Messianic, Masoretic, sorry, Masoretic text, which is the English quote unquote version of the Old Testament, right? It was like translated into Greek first and then it was translated into um, English. That is the Masoretic text. The Septuagint was the first version of that. So the Septuagint is the Old Testament in its original translation. Wasn't changed from Hebrew to Greek to English and kind of lost, right? Like, does that make sense? It didn't lose all of those translations or or have the words be changed all those many times, right? This is direct from Hebrew to English, right? And there are parts. You you will look in the Septuagint, you'll be reading like in any, you know, in Joshua, in any part of it. And you'll see that your text that you have in front of you, your Masoretic text, is missing parts, whole verses, so I found it very interesting when I was reading that section right there, 14 through 15 um, of chapter 24, which was our focus. If you look in the um, Septuagint, they left part of it out. And now fear the Lord and serve him in righteousness and justice. Remove the strange gods, which our fathers served beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. If it seems not good to you to serve the Lord, choose to yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of your fathers that were on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites, among whom you dwell upon their land. But I and my house will serve the Lord, for he is holy. Why? Why is that part missing from the Masoretic text? Why is that not in my Bible right here? It says, simply, it says, but as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. The Septuagint clearly says, for he is holy. What is holy? He's good. He's righteous. He's all things that are right and awesome and beautiful and amazing. That's why we serve him. We serve him because he has provided for us all things that are good. He deserves us to serve him. And when we serve him, we get all things that are good. Again, super simple. Maybe it was just like not in this translation, but I did check two of my other Bibles and it wasn't in those either. So you know, um, who, who knows? Sometimes there's ones where it's like in, in a CSB, but it's not in the ESV or whatever. Like it's the, the point is whenever you're studying, you want to look at different translations and you don't have to physically own these. You can find a lot of these resources online. Um, the, the Bible, Bible app, it's like you version, whatever you can look up any version of, of the scriptures at all on there. And you can see what each version says. Um, there's also online Septuagint options but i got this one i will link it in the notes this one is just from amazon it has them all i put some little bible tabs on it so it literally is just like a, a paperback bible now where i can flip through it and i can go and, and see it um okay 
the people replied, we would never abandon the Lord and serve other gods. For the Lord, our God, is the one who rescued us and our ancestors from slavery in the land of Egypt. He performed mighty miracles before our very eyes as we traveled through the wilderness among our enemies. He per preserved us. It was the Lord who drove out the Amorites and the other nations living here in the land. So we too will serve the Lord for he alone is our God. Then Joshua warned the people, you are not able to serve the Lord for he is holy and a jealous God. He will not forgive you your rebellion and your sins. If you abandon the Lord and serve other gods, he will turn against you and destroy you, even though he has been good to you so far. But the people answered Joshua, no, we're going to serve him. Like they're telling him again, right? Like after all these times that they've chosen Yah and then turned their back on him and chosen him. And like, literally it took them 4.2 seconds whenever Moses went up the, 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 mount sinai to get the instruction right like it took them 4.2 seconds to start worshiping a, a golden calf <laughs> like we as a people are so weak and so just dumb just dumb there's no there's no other way to put it i'm sorry if that offends anybody but we as a human species are just really 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 dumb it has been laid out for us and we still continue to mess it up every single time that's why they spent 40 years in the desert in the first place it was supposed to be like an 11 day trip <laughs> like, like an 11 day little little hike let's let's go on this little hike to get to this promised land and live happily ever after right 40 years 40 years and even Moses didn't fully trust Yah therefore he didn't go into the promised land all that work he did all that he did to get them there right and to, and to guide them through those 40 years and whatnot and he still didn't trust Yah whenever he um told him how to how to get the water right like he struck the rock again like he had done the first time and he had told him no don't do that right Kept him from going into the promised land. Uh, <laughs> Amanda just said in the little chat feature here on Zoom, a man wouldn't stop for directions. And that is the most accurate thing I've ever heard. <laughs> they would not stop and ask for directions, right? Like they kept being given the directions. Like th th that's even a step further. They were given the directions and they just continued to not listen to the directions. It's nuts. You are a witness to your own decision. Joshua said, you have chosen to serve the Lord. Yes, they replied, we are witness to what we have said. All right, then, Joshua said, destroy the idols that are among you. Turn your hearts to the Lord, to the God of Israel. The people said to Joshua, we will serve the Lord our God. We will obey him alone. So Joshua made a covenant with the people that day at Shechem, committing them to following the decrees and regulations of the Lord. What are the decrees and regulations of the Lord? That is what we can find in the first five books, right? Like that's, that's the first five books of the Bible. That's his instruction. You can find that all over Leviticus, Deuteronomy, Numbers, right? He gives very, very, very um, direct instruction on how to do every single thing. The, the holidays that we're supposed to celebrate, how to keep the Sabbath day holy, um, how we can love our neighbor, how we can show that we love him, so on and so forth. All of his instruction is in there. Joshua recorded these things in the book of God's instructions, which again, that would be the Torah, the first five books, right? As a reminder of their agreement, he took a huge stone and rolled it beneath the terebinth tree beside the tabernacle of the Lord. Joshua said to the people, this stone has heard everything the Lord said to us. It will be a witness to testify against you if you go back on your word to God. Something that I think is really, really, really interesting. I did not I did not know this until like the last two or three years whenever I've really been studying and 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 changing my ways right like being sanctified by him daily um every single part of his creation listens to him the trees listen to him they do what they are told 
The rocks listen to him and they do what they are told. The water listens to him and does what it's told. The animals listen to him and does what it's told, right? Like, like everything listens to him. And all of these things also worship him, right? Scripture tells us that the, even the rocks will, will, will worship him, will praise him. So every part of his creation falls into his plan and, and perfectly. They, they do what they're supposed to do, right? Why are we constantly refusing to fall in line? Why are we constantly refusing to do the thing that he has asked us to do? Which is literally, it's so simple. It's so simple. Like, and I'm talking to myself here every day. I mess it up every single day. Like I said, I'll be on his path. And then I, oh, look, let's go check out this little footpath over here. No, stop checking out the footpath. Stop doing that. Stop going over there. Stop getting distracted. After this, Joshua, son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died at the age of 110. They buried him in the land that he had been allocated at Timnath Sarah in the hill country of Ephraim, north of Mount Gash. The people of Israel served the Lord throughout the lifetime of Joshua and of the elders who outlived him, those who had personally experienced all that the Lord had done for Israel. They renewed their covenant. They recommitted themselves to serving Yahweh as he had always wanted them to be, not as they had like originally said that he would be, right? Um, maybe it's time that we do that too. Maybe it's time that we recommit ourselves to him and, and do the things that he has told us to do. Not the things that we say he wants us to do, right? Does that make sense? Like not our own very, very dumb human understanding of what his scripture says. Like, oh, but he wants us to do this. And um, we can still follow traditions of man and we can still um, not keep the Sabbath holy and we can still do all these things because we believe in Jesus and that's it. That's all we need to do. No, maybe we should start listening to his instruction. Maybe his instruction, like it has always said, is good because nothing that comes from him is bad. Everything that comes from him is good. His instruction came from him. It's his very clear GPS system for how to find the narrow path, stay on the narrow path, follow that narrow path straight to his presence and be able to fellowship with him in the coming age, right? Like, again, talking to myself, it's all so super simple and yet we mess it up every single day. Walking through the desert was so super simple and yet they mess it up and made it drag out for 40 years. Let's stop dragging it out. Let, let's stop wandering the desert for 40 years. Let's just stop. The bones of Joseph, which the Israelites had brought along with them when they left Egypt, were buried at Shechem in the plot of land Jacob had bought from the sons of Hamor for 100 pieces of silver. This land was located in the territory allotted to the descendants of Joseph. Eliezer, son of Aaron, also died. He was buried in the hill country of Ephraim in the town of Gebeah, which had been given to his son Phineas. Um, so again, in the Septuagint, you can see it says it a little bit different here. It has like an extra paragraph that the other scriptures don't have. It says, in that day, the children of Israel took the Ark of Yah and carried it among them. And Phineas exercised the priest's office in the room of Eliezer, his father, till he died. And he was buried in his own place, Gabar. But the children of Israel departed every one to their place and to their own city. And the children of Israel worshipped Astarte and Astaroth and the gods of the nations that were around them. And the Lord delivered them into the hands of Eglam, king of Moab, and he ruled over them for 18 years. 
the Septuagint, which again is the original translation, right? Like this, other than being able to read Hebrew and holding like the Dead Sea Scrolls in your hand and reading the Hebrew, right? Like this, this is as far as I know in my limited human dumb knowledge, right? As far as I know right now, this is the closest thing that we can get to having the, the scrolls in our hand, right? Like why was this left out? I have no idea. What was the purpose behind leaving out this crucial part of the story, right? Like <laughs> the Masoretic text ends it with like, yay, they they believed um, everything that Joshua said to be true and, and they worshiped God and that was it, right? No, they it, it literally tells you that they did until they're in their face examples of what what he was doing in their life all died. When When all of their elders died, they immediately turned right back. They immediately lost sight. And they turned right back to their old ways. When they forgot their commitment to Yah, it was gone. It was it was like, it was there and then it was gone. It was there and then it was gone. Once we know what it is that he's asking us to do, once we know his instruction, once we have seen his truth, right? Like once the scales have been removed from our eyes, once we see that and we turn away, we are absolutely dooming ourselves. We are dooming ourselves to repeat the same cycle over and over and over. We are dooming ourselves to judgment. We are dooming ourselves to not have his protection, to not have his blessing, to not have his presence in our life, right? To not have his Holy Spirit, his Ruach HaKodesh guiding us and helping us, right? Um, be vigilant, be strong. He is coming for his bride. Come, Lord Jesus, come, right? And that is all I have from this. Um, I said that it wasn't going to be too much, but I just talked for 27 minutes. So I'm very sorry. I'm going to stop talking now and I'm going to let one of the ladies take over from here. They're literally playing rock, paper, scissors to see. Who's <laughs> it doesn't matter to me. I can go. Um, so that was great, Tracy so much information and I love how you always dig into putting our brains in the time you know you 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 set us in the time of when this actually happened and I love how you do that so just as we grow within our walks and see that things in our past that our parents taught us or that anybody who was a spiritual inspiration to any of us had taught us about Yahweh, they weren't as they should have been taught. You know, the, the Christmas, the Easter, all the things like that, you know, it's like telling everybody that everybody's in heaven right now. You know, those, those things that just, we were deceived by man and we need to choose how we're going to be serving Yahweh from here on out as we as we learn more, as our scales are removed, as our eyes are opened. And I'm seeing that I personally need to renew my covenant as those did in the past, making a choice to open my eyes, my ears, my heart, and physically seek what he wants to show me, teach me, love me, and to find my purpose that Yahweh created me for. So what do these verses say we are to do? One, fear Yahweh. What does fear mean? It means reverence, um, to stand in awe of him, this emotion of reverence or awe is when we truly see his powers and his greatness. So if we look at our world, you look at plants, animals, humans, actual creation, 
um, down to each cell or DNA particle. Like, come on, it, it, it's he's there. You're just in awe of how each thing is made up and how he did that. Second, we're called to serve Yahweh. What does that mean? It means to work, to worship. So we give up our life to his control. And how do we serve? With entirety, integrity, and truthfulness. By putting away distractions, idols, other things that you put before Yahweh and other gods. It means believing in anything else before him. And what are some things in your life that you're putting before Yahweh? Some examples that I wrote down are video games, social media, TV shows, movies, drugs, shopping, collections, hobbies. These are just the small things that could be in your life that you are choosing to do before choosing to go to his word. Second part of these verses is the call to decide. This isn't about being on a fence. We are created to make a decision. Sorry. We are called to make a decision. You can't be for some things and not others when it comes to Yahweh. Everyone serves some sort of God. As Chuck Smith said in his sermon, even the man who avows atheism is only avowing his disbelief in Yahweh while he bows his knee to his own intellect. So that person is serving himself before Yahweh. Now, if you choose to believe in Yahweh, what are all the benefits offered to you? Some of those benefits I'm going to read for you. They're found in Psalm 19. Verse two, blessed are those who observe his witnesses, who seek him with all the heart. Verse nine, how would a young man cleanse his path to guard it according to your word? 24, your witness is, your witnesses always are my delight, my counselors. Verse 36, Incline my heart to your witnesses and not to own gain. 43, and do not take away from my mouth the word of true entirely, for I have waited for your right rulings. 45, that I may walk in a broad place, for I have sought your orders. 50, this is my comfort in my affliction for your word has given my life. 54, your laws have been my songs in the place of my sojournings. 69, the proud have forged a lie against me. With all my heart, I observe your orders. Next, 79, let those who fear you turn to me and those who know your witnesses. 81, for your deliverance, my being has pined away, for I have waited for your word. 92, if your Torah has not been my delight, I would have perished in my affliction. 93, let me never forget your orders, for by them you will give me life. 99, 
I have more understanding than all my teachings. 105, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. 110, the wrong have laid a snare for me, but I have not strayed from your orders. 114, you are my hidden place and my shield. I have waited for your word. 137, righteous are you, O Yahweh, and your right rulings are straight. 140, your word is tried exceedingly, and your servant has loved it. 165, great peace have those loving your Torah, and for them there is no stumbling block. And then Psalm 103, 1 through 5. I'm going to read that quick for you. Bless Yahweh, O my being, and all that is within me. Bless his set-apart name. Bless Yahweh, O my being, and do not forget all his dealings. Who forgives all your crookedness, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving commitment and compassion, who satisfies your desire with the good. Your youth is renewed like the eagles. So after all of that, all of these benefits placed before you, what have you got to lose to receive life-giving, life-sustaining, peacefulness, and a joyful life? He truly is our refuge from this world. So today, choose. And that's that. all I've got. I love that. I love that. I love that. Um, I want to add a little bit to your list. I, ha I had made a list on my notes too of like, what are your idols, right? Um, so those the, the list that Amy had is such an awesome like eye opener just in and of itself. But think too about um, internal things that are also idols, right? Like on my list, I have anger. On my list, I have self-serving behaviors. I have busyness. I have fear of judgment. I have fear of failing. I literally have my kids as number one on my list, right? Like how, how often am I, not necessarily that I'm like putting them before God, right? But like, how often am I putting their needs, their everything before my time in his word? Like before even allowing myself to have five minutes of time in his word, right? Whenever I am placing his wants and his will before their wants and their will, we all win, but it's so hard to do that, right? And then in, in myself, like I have this people-pleasing need. I have this need to not ever fail. I have this need to, um, like I see my value um, only in the things that I do for other people. Amy is very similar to me in that aspect too. Um, I'm, I'm only a good wife if I'm doing every single thing to check the box, right? Like that my husband has arbitrarily made a list of, right? Like he doesn't mean to make a list. He's just mentioning things throughout, you know, life. <laughs> and I am making this list of like, I have to do this, 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 or I'm not a good wife. Just like with my kids, if somebody complains about their lunch, oh, I failed as a mother. I'm a horrible mother. Why, why, why am I even trying? I failed to do anything right ever because they didn't like the sandwich that I made, right? Like it's not that serious, but in my mind and in my heart, I am making it that serious. And I so often put my focus more on that 
than on y'all. In those instances, the moment one of my children says that they didn't like their lunch and I immediately start to feel that chest tightening, that panic, that um, feeling of doom, which is not from y'all. That is from the enemy. That is the enemy taking my insecurities and my trauma and using it against me to pull me away from my Lord, right? He wants me to not be focused on God. So in those moments, if I stop and I pray, that's that's how I defeat that, right? So just just a suggestion for any of you that might be dealing with the same thing. Um, Amanda, what were your thoughts on verses 14 and 15? All right. So my thing is I also do the same thing. My chores and my checklist comes before I make time to sit down. And that is one of the things I need to work on. Um our daily lives are filled with options from the mundane and simple to the life changing difficult ones. These decisions we make affect our faith and test how really devoted we are to God. And our verses today, Joshua is trying his best to get through to the people that belong to the tribes of Israel, telling them you either choose God and have true devotion to him and him alone, or you can go worship these false gods. The choice is yours. Now we can sit here and call them stupid for not choosing Yahweh as their only God. These other so-called gods they were looking for did not exist. It is so easy for us uh, to judge the people of the past for being so blind to the things that God gave to them. But what we fail to realize is that we will choose to worship false gods every day and not even know it. Now we may not be bowing down to a golden calf but we we do bow our heads to our phones, anxious to see what drama is playing out on TikTok today. How many, my kids are leaving for school. Okay. Um, okay. Let's see what drama is playing out on TikTok today and how many likes did a post get? We will watch some famous preacher man on YouTube and idolize him instead of the words from which he is preaching, putting these people on a pedestal, enamored by their appearance, their voice, or their jokes. We end up taking away the wrong things. They are going, they are the seasoning, but God is the meat and potatoes, and you can't get full on some lemon pepper. To me, the number one thing we worship instead of God is money. Now, before you get all huffy, I know that we need money. It is a necessity these days. But we are needing more, I am sorry about the dog, we are needing more just to live day to day than in the past. But if we place more importance on it and value it more than God, it becomes a false God and that is a big problem. In Matthew six twenty four, Jesus tells us, no one can serve two masters for you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. And I look different uh, translations and the New King James Version says uh, mammon. I don't know if I'm saying that right, but it means wealth and riches. And I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, it's okay to feel good about being able to buy a new home or a car or to get that corner office that you worked so hard to get. As long as you give the glory to God, because without him, you would not have been given the opportunity to receive such things. Don't forget the evil one can hand out so-called gifts as well. Having you think that you are this hot shot doing it all on your own 
and the evil one will be there to use that to drag you down to his level, and then he will snatch his so-called gifts away, leaving you alone and empty-handed. Now here comes the choice you must make. You can either realize your actions and accept you are nothing without God and pray for forgiveness for being so very stupid, or you can learn nothing, blame God for your misfortune, continue making the same mistakes over and over again, digging your own grave without even realizing it because you are too scared to admit the, the ugly that resides in you. Another way to um, worship money is putting work before God, even using free time towards what has now become your number one priority. It is a good thing to be a hard worker, but when that work has taken the focus off of the things that God has blessed you with, and I'm not talking about the fancy cars or the big house, the real blessings, your family and your friends, being given the chance to be there for your son's football game or watching your daughter fix her makeup for her first prom or seeing your baby's first steps or laughing so hard with dear friends that you start to cry. And I thank God every day for these two ladies and the laughs that we share. A lot of the time is over something stupid I've said. Money can buy a lot of things, but it can't buy love. It can't buy true friendship. And it can't buy time back with loved ones or the honest forgiveness from the Lord. Now, this next one is directed at myself. And I swear that the Holy Spirit was standing over my shoulder, pointing at my notebook like Amanda. Write about your online shopping addiction. And I tried to ignore it, but y'all, the Holy Spirit kept getting louder and louder the more I tried not to listen. And then he's like, girl, getting my attention. Tell them how you choose to turn to online shopping to get a high off of add to cart than it is to then than to get what you need through prayer with me. That one hurt. And it humbled me real fast. When my kids are being loud and overwhelming, poking that last nerve, or when I get mad at my husband for who knows what, my immediate response is to get on Amazon. That is my false God. And that just really sucks to admit to myself, let alone strangers listening. But God said to do it. And with reluctance, I did. I traded one addiction for another. I went from smoking a pack a day of cigarettes to scrolling Amazon for things that I do not need to fill a hole that I myself and others made that can only be filled with the one and only true God, Yahweh. I let this addiction cause problems in my marriage. I let it, this addiction take away the financial security that I had prayed for. I let it take myself away from God and I really hate myself for it. So from here on out, when my emotions run away with me, I will pray. And when the devil whispers in my ear, it's okay. You deserve it after the way you were treated. I will not open an app to add to cart. I will open my Bible and listen for my heavenly father. So I encourage you to take time to sit down, reflect on what it is that you are putting before God and think of how you can change things around to put your heavenly father first. That's no. what I got. <laughs> Amy and I are both sitting here muted. <laughs> You're crying. Crying. Like, uh, well, for one, I just want to, I want to pray for a second. Um, Father Yahweh, thank you so much for the blessing that is Amanda. Thank you for blessing Amy and myself and all of the podcast listeners with Amanda, with her knowledge, with her humor, with her love, with her honesty, with her humility. 
with her obvious spirit-led presence. Thank you, Father, for blessing us with her. And Yeshua's mighty name, I pray. Amen. Um, now we're all balling on. <laughs> this this is why we wanted to add Amanda. This is why Amy and I have literally said from from day one, episode one, moment one of this this creation here, right? Like we wanted Amanda with us. We wanted Amanda with us, and um, she's she's a little shy. She's a little shy for some reason. She lets the um the the fear of failing, I guess, tell her that she is not going to pray right or she's not going to speak right or or the things that she has to say are not deeply valuable. And I I don't know if anybody else listening is having the same reaction that clearly both Amy and myself, I know you guys can't hear her right now, but she she looks just like me. Her face is red. She was crying. She she thank you, Amanda. Um that was amazing. that was amazing thank you for your honesty um i think that a lot of us have that same problem i can't tell you how many times i get frustrated and and turn to shopping because i'm frustrated right like uh, every, every mom in the history of ever wants a uh mom day where they get to go and buy a coffee and go to target or hobby lobby or whatever whatever they're pick your poison you know what I mean and they they want to go and they want to let off the steam and they want to go shop and all this stuff and I'm not saying that those things are bad just like Amanda's not saying that like don't ever order anything off of Amazon right like that's not that's not what's being said here it's a heart issue yeah every single thing that we do every single thing that we do in our life comes down to a heart issue are you doing it with good intent are you doing it to to bring glory to the Father? Are you doing it to grow closer to the Father? Are you doing it simply because you're 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 having these self serving habits? Right. This is what's going to make me feel good in the moment. This is not being a good steward of my money. This is not being a good steward of my time. This is not being a good steward of the resources that He has definitely blessed me with because nothing can come from me as a stupid dumb weak little human right everything comes from him am i being a good steward of those things or am i just serving my own little emotional need right now and and running off and doing this thing um amazing and it's so easy to do because it's literally at your fingertips it's literally at your fingertips every moment of your day you have your phone right there your husband calls says i got laid off from work or um kid calls home sick you know and they're faking it (laughs) that literally happens yeah (laughs) (laughs) you're literally there with your phone and you're like I can't take this and I'm gonna get on Target or I'm gonna get on Amazon and oh look something shiny you know this is gonna make me feel better but it's not it's not it won't it gives you the that that quick dopamine hit and then that's it it's fleeting it goes away um i also just want to point out real quick how con- how convenient that it's right at our fingertips now right like i i wonder who orchestrated that i wonder where that came from i i wonder who benefits from us having all of these distractions so easily at our fingertips right yeah yeah it's very convenient and it's just amazing how our society has just kind of declined after having these things at our fingertips yeah yep and there there's such a we are all seeing and unless you are literally living underneath a rock we are all seeing this um this explosive growth of people who are trying to get away from that they're trying to get off grid they're trying to get to a homesteading type of mindset in life they are they are trying women are trying to get back 
back home, back home with their babies. They're, they are trying to leave this whole um, feministic society mindset where they need to be out working and they need to be doing all of these things that men can do and all that. Like, again, we could go on about that for hours and hours and hours, but you, if, unless you are living under a rock, unless you are somebody that is not on social media, which if you are somebody that's not on social media, bravo to you. I don't know how you found this podcast. Thank you for joining us. Like <laughs> bravo for not being on social media. But if you, if you are a human being that is on social media, you are seeing that there, there is this Im- immersion. Yah is calling his people. He's calling his people. Scripture tells us that he will call his people. The trumpets will sound. And there's no, there is no coincidence at all that the feast of trumpets yam teruah one of his appointed feast times you have no idea what i'm talking about go check out leviticus like go go google feast of yahweh right like one of his appointed holidays is called the feast of trumpets and it's literally in a few days and it is supposed to be a celebration of him calling his people it's the celebration of yeshua jesus coming back and calling his bride right the trumpets will sound and those who have ears to hear will hear. And I just pray that that is you and you and you and you and you and you and you, right? Like I I pray that all of you who are listening will have ears to hear and you will hear his trumpet sound and you will answer that call. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so put your, put your Crocs in, um, what do they call it? Four wheel drive. Yeah. Four wheel drive. <laughs> Get ready. Cause... Yeah. <laughs> Yes, come Lord Jesus. <laughs> I, I, for real. Um, I hope that this was a blessing to literally anyone at all. I, I hope at least one person listens to this podcast today and feels blessed and touched by it, and and it helps you to um to get into your word more and to turn away from your idols and the ways that you were living before. I mean, that's what that's what we're. Whenever we put our belief in in Yeshua in Jesus, whenever we say we believe. And we are saved and and this is what we're going to do now. That means that we turn away from the other things that we were doing. And if you have been struggling with that, you are not alone. You are in good company. We are all struggling with that, but it is time. Enough is enough. It is time. Put those old ways down. Put them down. Leave the traditions of man. Leave your, your old fleshly ways and turn to his. Get into his word. Find his instructions. See what it is that he is calling you to do. Pray, read scripture, and remember always, 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 faith is a verb. We love you guys, and we'll talk to you next time. We hope that you enjoyed this episode. Don't forget to join in on the conversation in the comments. Let us know your thoughts, your takeaways, or even offer up some suggestions for future episodes. If you're enjoying our time of study together, please tell your friends about it so we can study with them too. You can always screenshot this episode and post it into your socials. Don't forget to check the show notes for any resources that we included in today's episode. May Yahweh, the Elohim of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, bless you today and all of your days. Mm-hmm.